passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, uh, after a uh, after going through all of our counting stills, Luds, we can uh, let's kick this off informally since uh, clearly Gavin clearly is the one that is the one that asks us questions. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing very good, Sean. I can see blue skies and clear sailing ahead today. There's no clouds hanging over us today. That that one big cloud is over Vegas now, apparently. And uh, it's uh, yep, it's 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 going to be it's going to be the best show I think the best best show ever of of of, of Spits and Suds. It's going to be we're going to put it together. I think we're finally going to have some success with this show for the first time. Actually, I, let's just hope everybody's listening. We can we can bump up all the views or listens or whatever you call it, and so then we'll know we'll know where the where the good things and the the other things lie after today. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, it's uh. It's a it's a Tuesday. Normally, I think you're normally doing this Wednesdays. I'm normally doing this Wednesday, Mondays and Fridays. But comes off a it's a weird week for the NHL with uh, American Thanksgiving on Thursday. And I uh, we're coming off a, the Stars game last night against Colorado. And I know this this draft. And one thing I wanted to pick your brain on, Luds, because we talk about this draft class all the time. But I thought last night was a pretty good encapsulation of that 2017 draft, not just for the stars, but for the league. Obviously you have the McCarr, you have Kale McCarr scoring for Colorado. You have Jason Robertson, you have Jake Andrews play last night. Of course you have Miro. And I know the 2017 draft gets talked about all the time and how important it was. But to me, that was one of the kind of the perfect encapsulations of how good that draft was, what it, how good it was for the stars and and I just wanted to see, get your thoughts on when you think about individual drafts impacting a franchise and that one, what that one did to Dallas, you think of anything that compares to that on that many 
impactful players for for the franchise yeah no no to answer your question very simply no I, I mean I don't think we've ever seen um so many kids um being able to come into the league and then sustain it I mean come into the league and and take over I mean you, you look at the guys that are again just in for Dallas in particular I mean Ottinger stepped up he's that guy now and Robo's that guy now and um, and when you talk about Kale McCarr, I mean, you talk about a player and, and we got to throw, we got to throw the two guys I just mentioned also into the mix. It's like, there must, must watch TV or must listen yeah. to if you have to, but, um, Kale McCarr is, you know, he just, he sets the standard, um, for all defensemen. And, and I don't know, I don't know where, I know we're always going to talk about Connor McDavid being the, you know, the top, top guy in the league, but. There, there's no question that, in my mind, that Makar is a top defenseman in the league. Um, and, and that, and no slight to Miro Haskinen. Uh, you know, Miro's going to come into his own, and, and he already is. I mean, he's already taken that that step forward in the last, even in the last year. Um, <clears throat> so, but, it, you know, there, there's some guys that, for some reason, there's always been this rule that, I don't even know who the hell came up with it, but, you know, a, a defenseman doesn't really figure the game out until, you know, they played somewhere between 250 and 300 NHL games. Um, McCarr's already got a couple hundred points in less than less than 200 games. So, yeah, he seemed to figure it out early. So, you know, but they're, they're special. They're special players. Um, they're exciting players. Um, there's no question in my mind that one of the reasons um, that defensemen, especially I'll talk about now, and, and Miro and, and McCarr, the, one of the reasons that they're allowed to do the things that they they can do now is has a lot to do with the the rule changes and and you know, and it's good for the game. The you know it's an exciting game. These are exciting players, and they're able to have their their skill and their talent on display. Because I I know that you know there never was at least I don't you know Paul Coffey um, was able to do it, but Paul Coffey had a couple guys on that team, if you didn't let them do it, you, you, you kind of suffered the consequences for not letting cough carry the puck from one end of the ice to the other. Um, and I'm talking about guys, you know, like Dave Semenko and, you know, players like that. And that's where the rules have changed now. Um, so it allows them to showcase the, the game that the NHL and the GMs wanted to see. And, you know, there's, there's a part of me, you know, that would like to see some of the the physical play, I, there's a lot of stick checking that goes on now in the game. Um, so, but I, but I do think a lot of that stuff will show up when playoff time comes around. As we know, the, the playoffs are a completely different season and the game tightens up. There's a little bit more physical play. And I, and I think a lot of that has to do with when you play the same team, you know, every other night for 14 days. Um, you're going to get under the skin and somebody's going to get under your skin. So um, I think it's a reason that, you know, playoffs is, is still that the important time of the year, um, you know, and, and so, so anyways, long winded way to say that you're hundred percent right. And, you know, and you can, I mean, and there's other draft, I mean, just look at the draft classes. Now look, look at the New Jersey devils, you know, yeah. look, look what that team's doing and, and the players that are, have taken over and we'll see if they're able to sustain that, but, you know, I'm, they sure look like they can. I think they've won what now, 12, 13 games in a row. So yeah, th thir 13 in a row now. So yeah. So, and, and they're exciting. I mean, they, they're yeah. now must watch TV and um, you can just imagine if you could have 
and, and man, it's hard to knock any kind of goaltender that's playing that, you know, that's going on a, or part of a 13 game win streak. But you can imagine if, if New Jersey had a, you know, top five goaltender, um, you know, because I, <clears throat> I, I think that's, that's what happens. That's the beauty of, of the way the league is now. And as you get, you know, into game 60, um, you know, you get between 50 and 60, 65 games played, you can, there may be some separation in, um, you know, what you're going to, what your expectations are for certain teams when they get into the playoffs and Vegas right now, um, you know, Vegas is on a heater also. I mean, they're, they're a real, real good team, but you know, the question mark is always going to be, can those two goaltenders um, carry them into the playoffs? One thing we know for sure, Dallas, Dallas, I think has that, has that goaltender. Yeah, that Dallas does. And it's, it's interesting looking at that New Jersey team because it's obviously it, there's, I see so many parallels to uh, so many parallels to the 2015, 16 stars, obviously the same coach, Lindy, uh, but Lindy running, running New Jersey. Now he was the coach here in Dallas in 2015, 16. And um, it seems to me the one thing that's kind of a little bit different that like Lindy obviously took his same style to New Jersey, but it just seems he tightened his defense up ever so much to cover up for the lack of that top goaltender that you talk about. Like that, that's the, that when I look at the, the current New Jersey devils versus the 2015, 16 stars, and obviously that stars team was, they won, they won the West in the regular season. And, and, and by all accounts were, were as close to a success as you could have been. Um, but the one lesson that I wonder if Lindy thinks about it and did it consciously or not was I got to shore up the defense a little bit here to help so it, it's not dependent on getting the save it's it's making the goalie's life a little bit easier that that's the one thing that i when i look at the parallels between that that dallas team and the new jersey team there yeah it, you're right <clears throat> what happened i think in dallas is you know they they lindy wanted to play that he came in and i've always been this is no knock against lindy or any coaches <laughs> i've i've always been a guy that when if you're a general manager and you're going to interview coaches coming in for a new position on your club they want to ask you you know what what kind of system do you play? What, what's your thoughts and, you know, how are you going to play the game and all this kind of stuff? And my answer would be the players dictate how we're going to play. I mean, you can't, you know, and I can go to our U18 team and there's parallels there. I mean, I, I see this in our, at, at these 16, 17 and 18 year old kids where all the skill and talent is coming from. And, and we had a team, for instance, last year that we were able to score over five goals a game. This year is different. So we have to change our style. You know, I, I last year, I, I was the first guy to say, listen, all the rules that I have and had as far as playing the game, the majority of them are going out the window and we're going to let these kids play because we were able to outscore our mistakes on that particular team. This year, not so much. So we have to play a different style. And so, but <clears throat> that being said, I, I think Fitzy, the, the general manager in Jersey, it just, we, you speak about defensemen there. I mean, one in particular, John Marino. Uh, you know, yeah, he's, he's been, he's been, over. he's been great. He's been great. Yeah. And and he is not, you know, and Dougie Hamilton is, you know, that that's their guy. That's their guy. That's going to uh, tend more to be that offensive minded guy, lots of shots, get up in the play offensively, hang in the offensive zone. And Marino's just the opposite. So you're able to play a little bit more of a style. That's a little bit more opened up, but I think, and see, that's why <clears throat> going back to when Lindy was here, you know, we, there were too many outnumbered rushes and, and it yeah. just seemed like there were two, three a period. And then on top of that, when you don't have your goaltender, you know, Dominic Hasek wasn't here in Dallas and, and, you know, or Ed Belfour, 
um, <clears throat> or Vasilevsky in Tampa. So, you know, they, if you're going to play that system and my philosophy has always been, you know, you play to your strengths, but you have to prop up whatever weaknesses you have and, and you can't expose them. And I think the, there were times when that, that system, that style, uh, wasn't the best thing for the team here in Dallas at that particular time. And I think like all good coaches, Lindy learned, he, he learned over the years, he, he, you know, he's had a system of style that he likes, he believes in, and now he can take and, and run with those kids. Um, but like you said, you know, he sprinkled in a little bit more responsibility. We're going to allow you guys to go ahead and play, but when the puck turns over, you better be as hard, if not harder, coming back to your own end as you are going up the ice, getting getting allowed to score goals. And again, it, it snowballs, and that's what's happening in Jersey right now. You know, you got a bunch of young kids, and um, they're loving it. They love coming to the rink. I think they love coming to the rink anyways when they're young. They're, they don't know any better. You know, they just love the game so much. Um, but I think the longer you play, you're like, oh, shit, another day of practice, another day of this. I think these guys, they just have that, and now they've got wins on top of it. So, you know – there's nothing going wrong for Lindy Ruff and his club in, in Jersey right now. And, and, and they've got to enjoy it because it's going to, it's going to get tougher. I mean, it's going to get tougher. Like I said, you start getting past game 40 and, and, you know, a lot of the teams in the league, if they have new coaches, there's been what, what, how many new coaches were there this year? Six, seven new coaches. Yeah. A good handful. So it's well, it's, and, the, yeah. and those guys come into new clubs and they've got some, some tweaks, little different system. Um, look at Paul Maurice in, in Florida. You know, that team's not, you know, he's trying to fix that team because he knows the weapons that they have, or at least had last year. You know, I think they've added another one in Kachuk. And, but there, there's a reason that they get swept in the first round of the playoffs or, or they don't get past this, you know what I mean? Those kind of things. So do you want to be a team that's really good for 82 games and you're done in, you know, six or seven or eight games when you're in the playoff time. And so I think Paul Maurice has come in and, and he's trying to, He's trying to shore up those things and he's not going to play a run and gun system where you can do that during the regular season and you can get away with it playoffs. You can't. So, um, and I think that's where Pete DeBoer speaking to the stars, there's a balance. He's come in here with a balance. He knows he's got a goaltender. That's a really, really good goaltender. And so, you know, if we're going to have to get exposed, um, you know, two, three, four times a game, we trust in our goaltender. And, but there are, you can see that there are responsibilities. There's more responsibilities here from an offensive minded club that they, they have a lot more freedom, obviously. And I think the freedom comes in the, in the form of being able to carry the puck into the offensive zone, make plays through the neutral zone, where maybe in the last couple of years with bones, it was, you know, let's make sure pucks are in deep, but that system yeah. seems to work right now in Winnipeg for him. So um, again, it's the kind of team that you have. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports 
Center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Yeah, it's. I mean, Dallas saw when they went to Winnipeg. They saw firsthand uh, Winnipeg won that game four-one, and the and Winnipeg basically roped the Dallas roped the Stars back into their old game. And you you saw how successful that can be when the style when you're able to dictate the style that Winnipeg did in that game. I mean, I, I really like that you mentioned Vasilevsky and Tampa, just because you're talking so much about having the pieces right to be able to play the system. And I think people forget if you want an idea of how good. Uh, Tampa is because of Andre Vasilevsky. You just have to look how they play in a night when Vasilevsky's in that versus whoever's backup is in that given year. Cause he allows Tampa to be the amount of rushes that Vasilevsky handles and faces early in a game. I think people always forget about that. They think like, Oh, Tampa's great. They always have the puck. There's two to three prime chances saves that Vasilevsky always has to make in the first period that if Tampa doesn't have that goalie, they can never play the style they do. And I, I think people always kind of forget that. And this goes back to your talk about playing to the pieces you have. And that's something that Tampa has because of Andre Vasilevsky. Another thing that you mentioned that I really kind of wanted to pick your brain as someone who played the position and it now looks completely different now is defensemen right now. I think it, it used to be right where it was when you guys were playing, right? Okay. Zubov had the green light. Not many other guys had the green light. Now it's, you have pretty much everyone has the green light. Like, from your perspective, when you look at how that position has evolved to who has the green light and who doesn't when it comes to defensemen going into the play, what, what's that like for you to look at when you went from clearly it was a group of like, okay, Sergei Zubov can do this, but Kry uh, Ludwig can't do this. When you when you look at the evolution position of, of how the green lights have changed, what, what's what's it look like for you? Well, and, and it kind of goes back to what I, what I started talking about <laughs> right in the beginning of this thing is because they're, they're so skilled now and, and you yeah. watch. <clears throat> you watch what happens with these young kids and they've got, they've got skills coaches now at 15 years old and 14 years old, they've got skating, personal skating guys, per, you know, that work with them on their skating. And that's what this game is now. But, you know, there, there has to be a balance of, of playing the position and, <clears throat> you know, and, and Zuby was a special player. We know that. And, you know, when, when Hitch or Rick Wilson, I should say, when I was playing with Zuby, he does what he does. And I, I mean, but again, I always knew my role, um, my, my role is to be able to, you know, defend and, you know, play a physical game and do the kind of things that take care of your own end. And if there was a two-on-one, um, I had to be able to, to be able to defend a two-on-one, or I had to be able to buy time in order our, in order for our back checking forward or whoever it may be to get back into the play, to turn it into a two-on-two, um, so you learn those kind of things. And, and that's where, you know, that's where the struggles that I personally have with, with coaching kids now is sometimes they're allowed to play with all this skill. And unfortunately, they're not going to be skilled enough when they get to the next level. And so they have to have the other, the other parts of the game in it. You know, you, you can, you, it's nice to be able to get yourself out of trouble once in a while, but you have to know who you are as a player. And I think that's all, that's the part of the process of these kids learning how to play hockey when they're at young ages, it can't just be all offense, you know, and I'll just take one, <clears throat> one example from last night's game and Lundquist, I think has been a, a good, a good addition. You know what I mean? He can, yeah. he can you, but you can see the kind of player there he is. 
And on the on the tying goal last night, um, he's just standing next to the player that scores a goal. And originally, he you know he gets locked on and he ends up going all the way outside the top of the circle in his own zone. And then the play transitions; it comes down to the net, and he's coming back to his own net. And so he's taken he takes himself out of position where you're supposed to be. It's a two one game. It's in the third period, and you know you know so. You know, and then, you know, it's nice that it ends up being, you know, that, that Robo gets that tying goal with whatever it was, 30 seconds to go. But it, those are the little details that I look for. And, and it's like time and score. It's one of the things that we try to, to work with the kids about is you need to know the time and score. And, um, you know, you're going to have your rope. You're going to be able to run with it when, you know, you're up a couple goals and, you know, things are going good. Uh, but you have to know when you're in a tight game and if you're down a goal. Um, you know, then certain guys get a little bit more freedom. Not everybody. I would never have that kind of freedom. Matter of fact, I wouldn't be on the ice. I knew my, I knew my spot when, when we're down by a goal or two goals and there's four or five minutes to go in the game, I'd make it easy on our coaches. I would just slide all the way down to the other end of the bench. You don't even have to look at me. You don't have to look at my name tag on the back of my shirt to interfere with your thought process. I'm just taking myself out of the position. And, but that's because, and again, that's all part of knowing what your role is, what, what you do, what you do well. And what you don't do well. So, um, <clears throat> you know, it, but again, I think we either go back to Jersey and look at Dallas. I mean, Dallas, the same yeah. way. I mean, everything is clicking good for Dallas right now. I mean, I just, I just want to see, I, I don't get, I don't get too horny about what's going on in game zero to 30. I, that's not, yeah. I, I don't, you know, I, I don't have the parade route drawn up right now. And, and so, it, like I said, you, you start getting into the 50s and the 60s. And you're going to have a good, a real good indicator of where this team is. I really don't see it changing with stars. I, I just speak mainly because of the, the middle out. I mean, you, you look at the middle of the ice and you start in your own end. You've got a goaltender, you've got a defenseman, uh, and, you know, you've got Robertson. He's not a centerman, but, you know, you always kind of say you want to, you build your team around a defenseman, a stud, uh, stud defenseman, a stud goaltender, a stud center. And, um, you know, so, um, but, you know, when you got a line, I mean, I, I think when you look at the, a centerman, I mean, Robo's doing his thing, but, you know, Pavelski and Hintz are, you know, they're, it's almost like they are the center. So, um, but, and now they're getting pieces. There's a good balance going on in Dallas. I love what DeBoer has done with Jamie. Um, you know, I think that a lot of talk coming into the season, uh, you know, his minutes might be dialed back a little bit. How would Jamie handle it? Being a captain, all this other kind of stuff. And yeah, and he's playing with two young kids. So there's his fountain of youth that he's drinking out of. And he doesn't have to be the first guy in on the four check. Um, he can play his role. But the part that I love the most is where he puts Jamie out in the power play and the first power play unit. Because now where they were going to dial, think about talking, dialing his minutes back a little bit, that's where he makes up his time. And not only there, you know, Jamie can kill penalties. He takes important face-offs. So um, Jamie Ben to me, is in, a, is in a good space. He's in a good spot. He might have a little bit of a headache this morning. But but that's just what Jamie Ben does. He stands up for for teammates. The uh, one the other player that I think that goes into works with Jamie Ben's surge and finding and I, I love the fact that you mentioned he's playing with the two young kids. That obviously helps to work that. But I think the other thing too is for so long teams would circle and prepare and think like, okay, remember fourteen is going to hit you. You got to remember fourteen. You got to give it back to fourteen. Now, I just think Mason Marchment, like personally, I look at Mason Marchment being on this roster and having someone else who they're not even on the ice at the same time, but someone else that teams actually think about as 
we need to wear that guy down before he wears us down. I think kind of, and obviously it's fitting because the, the collisions led to Jamie's battle, uh, Jamie's fight last night. But I think Mason Marchman's addition, having that type of player who also has the skill too, but having that type of guy takes that pressure off of Jamie to be the full-blown battering ram. Jamie's always going to be who he is, but I think it's just kind of allowed him to be to dial back a little bit as uh, on other teams' radars because now 27's coming and it, it is going to hit you just as hard. I, I think that's been a great one-two kind of punch to help Jamie really take that 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 kind of have some of that responsibility taken off. Even though Jamie will never claim that he wants responsibility taken off, like I, I think that was a wonderful piece that that Jamie needed and the stars needed with 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 Marchman there. Yeah, and it, and it gives you more weight on the wing and yeah. along the walls. And and you, no, you're 100 right. And there is another guy. And then even I mean, and, and he's not a big time fighter, but even tied to Landry. I mean, you look up. You know, what was a couple games ago? He steps up. He plays that kind of game. When I first saw, when I first saw Ty uh, in his first or second game, whatever it was, uh, what was that? A couple of years ago or a year ago? Yeah. I immediately kind of started thinking Brendan Morrow. You know, like yeah just from a because brendan was that guy that you know again all the things that you just mentioned about jamie brendan did the same thing didn't probably have the the weight as a lot of the guys that he fought but um but he was the guy that was always ready and willing and did what he needed to do as as far as a captain goes and and his role and the way he played along the wall and the way he played in front of the net and i see a lot of those little things in in delandry also so um but you're right i mean it, it it was always nice when i mean you know around here in dallas you go back and you know, you, you had Shane Shirley, you had Darian Hatcher, you know, so there, there was a, it wasn't a just, oh yeah, there's that one guy there, you know, there's, there's different yeah. guys coming out at different times. And again, especially in today's, today's game. I mean, there's really not a, <laughs> I hate to say a big need for a player like that, but, but the teams that have it, um, you know, they, they, they add that, that role, they add that role player because it's just some, another box that you can check. So you guys want to play this kind of game? Okay, we'll play this kind of game. You want to play an up-tempo game? We'll play an up-tempo game. Uh, you know, the days are gone where where you bring in, you know, those kind of players and they were going to play, you know, six, seven minutes a night. Th those days yeah. are gone. And so it's just, like I said, it's just another tool in the toolbox for, you know, for these players if, if you know, if they're more than willing to, to jump into that part of the, that part of the game. Yeah, it's 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 all so much more now. The big guys have so much more skill now too, and we we've talked a lot about skill, and and you talked about kind of how it allows guys to, and you talked about with your U eighteen team where guys have skill and they're jumping into play. I, I wanted to ask, I wanted to as someone who is working with younger players and coaching, and because something that's popped into my brain as we've been having this whole conversation is we were talking about. Lindy Ruff led stars. And in my head, I always think about the two on ones of Lindy Ruff. And I picture, I picture guys sliding on their bellies across and in and, and the Florida game last week, I thought Florida put on a full clinic on how not to play a two on one. And I just wanted to nerd out for a minute here as someone who, who played goalie and, and has one way he thinks two on ones should be play. I'm curious as some, as you're teaching younger, your U18s and you're watching the game, how do you want guys to play that? Because I feel that's a space where I've, we've seen some some textbook examples of how not to do it in Stars games recently, and then some textbook examples of how to do it as well. So I wanted to give you the floor for that one. You need to sit into one of my or one of my video sessions with my players because I use those guys and I mm -hmm. use those mistakes and I will show them mistakes and I'll show them why that they were taught the wrong way to play. And <clears throat> because 
you know, you being a goaltender, the one thing that you want to be able to know in your head, confident lie, is when a puck carrier comes in and he starts getting below the tops of the circles and the hash marks, you want to be able to come out and challenge. And yeah. if he's coming down on your left-hand side and you do, I do not, because I saw it from goaltenders that played here when there was, when those kind of systems and styles were, were put into place at a time. And I'm, what I'm watching is I'm watching the goaltender's left leg. So he's coming down the right side of the ice, your left side, and I see you load up on your left foot. And all that's telling me is you're unsure if the puck's going to stay on that side of the ice. I know you have to be ready to come across, but the less that you have to think about, in my opinion, the better you are as a goaltender. And I only give him a certain amount of space. And what I teach our guys to is once they start to get below the tops of the circles and they get in that hash mark area, now you can start to change your angle and you can try kind of drift a little bit to the far post. Now you don't, you don't pass the far post, but I want our goaltenders to be able to have the confidence that they can come out and challenge knowing that puck is not getting across. And if it does get across, that's not on you. That's on the defenseman because that's your responsibility now. Now, if a forward comes in on his offside, then it's a little different because the shooting angle is a little bit better for a forward that, you know, comes down the right side and he's a left-handed shot, for instance. You know, now the puck is another two to three feet to the middle of the ice. So now you're, as a defenseman, you got to play that a little bit more in the middle of the ice because, you know, smart, smart forwards will, will, they'll get there and they'll say, okay, now this defenseman is starting to shade the guy I want to pass to. Now I can start to cut to the middle a little bit more. And now their shooting angle gets a little bit. So as far as the going down on the ice, there are times, there are times that it's the right time to do it, but there's time there, there's ways that you go down so that you kind of go down in an angle with your feet facing the corner. So not necessarily back and forth. I had Gretz do it to me and try to do it to me too many times after he knew how I played and he got pissed off a couple of times when I would, you know, and he would just look at me and he, he'd shake his head. And then I'll, I'll, I'll never forget the time he came down. I played it the two on one, the very same way. And he purposely shot it off my foot and I slid off to the goaltender to the side enough um, that he just, he, he shot it right at my skate and it went in and went in the far side of the net. You know, so, but that, that comes with knowing and playing against players yeah. all the time, because I'm a, I'm a very big guy on when you're in, when you get into the room in the morning and it's game day and you got your morning skate <clears throat> up on the board, you'll see the lineup, you'll see the opposing lineup. And what I do is I stare at those names and I go through every player on there. Again, this is when, you know, after you played against them for a while is I'm about tendencies, I know if they are, they're a pass first player. I know if they're a shooter. I know if they, um, you know, they, they like the wrist shot. They don't like the slap shot. Um, I know if, uh, you know, they're, they're as good on the backhand as they on the forehand, you play them differently that way. Um, you know, all those little kind of tendencies. So that, that for me, that's what I want our, our players to, to work on is, you know, you, again, you get into game, you know, 50, 60, you played against a team three, four times. You watch them on tape. You watch all these things. Look for their tendencies. And, th and there's a lot of players that will do the very same thing. The special players don't. You know, that's why they're special. And um, but but there's things like, I, you know, if it were me playing against Jason Robertson, I know how, how I would probably try to play against him um, because he has tendencies that he does. And he's just he's a he's a skilled player, but he doesn't have the that puck is not on a stick long. And 
he has it in a certain spot and he gives you a little look sometimes he looks away he takes a shot in net so there's little things that you can pick up but um yeah so to answer your question uh i'm more about you know where you are on the ice on a two-on-one on outnumbered rush and you just you just leave them the less the the lower percentage play than the higher one and again you if you're into analytics i know there's there was some analytic that the, the royal road whatever you know going across the crease whatever you want to call it when that puck makes it across the crease you know a goal is scored 60 some percent of the time versus 27 percent of the time when it doesn't so you know you got to work the odds sometimes too yeah, and I, and I think you, you talk about your in the situation you were explaining coming down where a goalie is on the to, to the left side, which is typically going to be the goalie's glove side. There, in most cases, it's 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 a lot of the times if you see a goal ever scored short side on a two on one, that's typically the mark that a goalie doesn't trust that his defenseman is taking away the pass. That's true. That's 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 typically kind of the breakdown there. 